Hi and welcome to episode 4.7. I mentioned in the last episode that the early part of this year will involve me going through my backlog, things I've created over a period of many years but haven't put out into the world yet. This episode I'm going to go through individual points that I hadn't yet mentioned in earlier episodes that I see from my notes that I intended to mention. I've recorded all of these episodes spontaneously, speaking in the moment, and the most I've ever had have been these topics jotted down. So I was reminding myself of what to talk about uh, in case it might slip my mind. And over time, these points built up where they didn't become part of the final episodes. I'm not going to go through all of them in this one, but here we go. I love this line written by Rod Serling in one of the later Twilight Zone episodes. A particularly annoying and unwelcome character, unwelcome to the others, says to a bartender, look at me. The bartender says, what are you, some kind of sadist? Director and writer Nicholas Meyer has said that in specificity I find universality, but in universality I find cafeteria food. He was talking about art and writing in that case in particular, and this is something I would love to expand on, but I need to keep moving through my list. I'm sure there'll be times when I can talk about many of these things at greater length later on. When I was younger, the very picture of a violinist was for me Sir Yehudi Menuhin. I remember, for example, going to a cafe and seeing on the wall a poster depicting Sir Yehudi Menuhin with his violin and bow. As the years passed, I realized that his tastes in music may have been a reason I was never a huge admirer of music spotlighting the violin, the solo violin in particular. And I say this because I realized recently that his tastes in the kind of music he performed seem to have been almost completely opposite my own tastes, what kind of music appeals to me. And because he was the most prominent violinist, that may have given me a somewhat unbalanced view of violin-heavy music in the past. I've of course since gotten a much wider awareness of music featuring the violin. One reason I don't watch very many new films or TV series is because I don't like plastic people. I hope somewhere in the future there will be a time when there will be no more plastic people, when it may have just gone the way of, for example, cigarette smoking or things like that, things that we have over time come to realize that this is a really bad idea.
symphonies were originally not intended or expected to be heard more than once. In the case of many symphonies, there was no performance during the composer's lifetime. I've been testing my whole life what types of pieces of music and what individual pieces of music you can, or I should say, I can. I am the most comprehensive test subject I have access to. Listen to over and over and over again without ceasing to get something out of it. Beethoven, Mozart, and all the people from before the 20th century, they didn't expect, it was not reasonable for anyone to expect, that their symphony would be heard more than once, if even that. And that absolutely affects all the creative decisions involved. These days people know, because the world has changed, that their symphony, concerto, or other similar work can be listened to over and over again if there's even one recording of it available. I further think that most people who have composed symphonies in the 20th century and in the 21st century haven't taken this into account. They have still, in almost all cases, I believe, been building on the theoretical foundations and assumptions of times in which the creation of those works happened with the expectation that the work would only be heard once and should be possible to absorb by an attentive audience during that one listening and thereafter become something that they can only conjure up in memory. And that's an entirely different situation than when you know that if someone liked hearing your symphony, they would want to hear it again. And music that's meant to withstand repeated listening requires entirely different things than music that's meant to be heard once. I need to consider this when coming up with the theme music for this podcast. That's the kind of consideration that anyone who composes music needs to take into account. We all know how annoying jingles can be. Something that's, in most cases, intended to annoy you. I mean, that's the intent, because if it annoys you, you'll remember it. And of course, that's completely different than trying to create something that you can hear over and over and not feel like it's an imposition, like it's some kind of thing you have to endure, like most advertising jingles, for example. A contrast to this are pieces of music like Angelo Badalamenti's theme for Inside the Actor's Studio. That theme music is by Angelo Badalamenti. And another example, of course, is the theme tune for Twin Peaks, again by him and David Lynch. Those are among the most re-listenable pieces of music that I know.
Well, it turned out that I ended up talking long about this particular subject, so I guess that's a clue from my subconscious to continue going through the list of points to mention later in another episode. One more thought, though, before I go. Sometimes you hit those times in life where the heaviness of what you need to experience is overwhelming. And if there's anyone listening to this who's going through those times, like I have, let's say, in the recent past, my complete sympathy and understanding. I'm not going to say that I'm sending love your way because I don't believe it's actually possible to do that in a generic way. You can't express love and just throw it out there generally where someone might just grab it from the air. I think that devalues expressions of love to do that, to make, let's say, a social media post where you're saying love to everyone, you are special and terrific. How about if the person reading it is a really horrible person? Don't tell those horrible persons that they are really special and that you love them. Ah, but that's a whole other topic. And I already said anything that needs to be said about that anyway. Oh, there is one more point. At the turn of the year, I stopped tweeting about the additions to the two playlists so far that I have as kind of companion playlists for this podcast. I'm still going to add tracks to those playlists so they keep growing as I come across new pieces of music from those particular times. But I'm not going to tweet about those. I used to mention whenever I added something with a few words said about each and any thoughts I may have had and that I could fit into a tweet. But I decided that in the future I'll put that writing effort into some upcoming book. Every time I add something to those lists I do write something about each of those additions, each of those tracks, and over time that text will build up and once there's enough, I'll publish that material either as a book of its own or include that material in uh, one of my books where there's also other material. I'll need to see how that goes. You can find those playlists on Spotify by looking me up, Simosakari Aldonen, and you should see those two lists there. There's no limit to what kind of music will be included as long as it's really great and something that people will be able to enjoy for a long time to come, far into the future. That's my belief. The intention I started compiling them was to share beautiful creations in the area of music with people. That's what I generally hope to achieve in life in all these different ways that I'm pursuing. Until next time, good night and take care.